0: chapter twenty one of miss frances baird detective by reginald wright kaufman this librivox recording is in the public domain i try the third degree to the ideal detective the scientific attitude of mind is indispensable he or she must work not in defence of a theory but for the determination of the truth indeed the theory should come last in the detective's calculations all the available facts should first be gathered and from them only should a theory eventually be erected no brief should be held no cause espoused save the cause of justice that has in later years been all along my professional rule of conduct but in eighteen hundred and ninety three i was only a beginner and in the denneen case i stood for obvious reasons otherwise committed that being so i had no sooner discovered that evelyn bladesdell could have committed the murder than i was convinced that she had committed it but this conviction i could not in the nature of things repeat to denneen and so that evening i had to put him off with vague promises of a revelation to come and declarations of the innocence of fredericks it was an interview in no wise remarkable and produced nothing which bears upon the development of this case i found the old man though still greatly shaken considerably improved and i left him almost convinced that even if my vague conjecturings dimly expressed of course might not be right kemp's at all events had a good chance of being wrong as i came out of the door however i caught a glimpse of my friend the detective entering that of bromley denneen and this turned my mind for a time in a new direction the pair seemed in league and obviously held me as an object of suspicion now what did this all mean that kemp should not believe me converted to his theory after tracing my actions during the last twenty-four hours would it be only natural but that he had suspected me before that time was shown by the fact that he had prepared to have me watched why if i sought only to acquit fredericks there was no need of surveillance on the part of one as certain of his case as kemp was and if he didn't fear this what did he fear it might be that the sudden intimacy with bromley was simply due to the call of a kindred spirit or to the feeling that needing a friend in the family this son was the easiest member to impose upon "'but that did not of itself account "'for the apparent fear of me or its cause. "'Well, it was something, anyhow, "'to feel that one excited such a sensation "'in the breasts of one's enemies, "'and with that consolation "'I dismissed the matter from my mind for the evening, "'dined providentially alone, "'kemp being absent at a conference of authorities "'in Black Springs, and so went to bed. "'Next morning I got up early "'and started out to test my case. "'It was a wild theory,' and therefore ordinary methods of working it up must be discarded in favor of methods equally wild unlike the careful detective with a perfect chain of evidence who directly attacks his suspect only at the end of his work i had resolved to confront evelyn bladesdell with all that i knew and with the pretense of a still greater knowledge to attempt in professional parlance the third degree and to trust to my own bluff and the woman's own knowledge of her guilt to break her down and force a confession With this in mind, then, I tucked my revolver into my dress, for in dealing with a girl of Evelyn's physique there was some chance that force might be required, fortified myself with coffee and rolls, which I had served in my own room, and managing with some difficulty to get away from the house, early and unobserved, cut across the Bladesdale place with all possible speed. I got through the hedge and sat down in the shadow of a big bush to wait and watch. It was my plan to get an interview as unexpectedly as possible, so that it should come in the nature of a surprise. Furthermore, I calculated that my moral attack, it was to be really little more, would be stronger if it could be made to a woman fresh from a bad night and before breakfast. Luck favoured me in both these particulars, and I had not waited long before I saw Evelyn coming down the path. She was still the familiar spectacle of feminine muscularity, but she was also pale and astray. There were heavy rings under her blue eyes, and her whole appearance was satisfactorily unimproved by the events of the last few days. I let her get just beyond me, and then, rising quickly, spoke her name. She turned with a start. Who are you? she demanded. There was so plainly but little of her mother left in this girl that I almost felt for her. My name, said I, is Frances Baird. I, I am afraid I do not know you, she stammered her cheeks flushing suddenly with the excitement of our quick encounter i had the pleasure of meeting you at dinner the other night at the maples the night before young mr denneen was murdered oh i remember pardon me miss baird your visit was so unexpected so curiously timed and so much has happened since but i piteously interrupted moreover i insisted your mother has no doubt mentioned my call on her yesterday no well it doesn't matter I know you, at any rate, Miss Bladesdale, far better than you probably suspect, and what does matter is that I am a detective. I had thought her face very white when she first passed me. Now the temporary flush disappeared, and the skin grew ashen. What, what can you want of me? she asked. First of all, a few words, which I think, in your own interest, remember, had better be spoken somewhere where we will be unobserved. I do not think she fully comprehended she looked about her bewilderedly helpless and i saw as i had expected to see that for all her physical prowess she was intellectually helpless i would suggest then i went on that you take me to some quiet place say in the neighbouring grounds but i can't think of any such place miss baird yes you can you know it and i know it there is a way just here through the hedge on the other side is a splendid nook for our talk It is on the path you used when you made shortcuts to the maples, you know. But at that she drew herself up, and I feared for a moment that her funk was over. How did you, she began, it's my business to find out things. I beg you to keep your temper, follow me, and remember that this is a life and death matter. Well, she followed, meek now as a lamb, and we stopped under a big sycamore immediately beyond the hedge. I faced her. "'On the night of the dance at the Maples,' I said, in a voice which I tried my best to make calm and hard, "'James J. Deneen Jr. was murdered. As you no doubt now know, I stood in the gift room and overheard your conversation with Mr. Fredericks on the balcony. You said you loved him. You intimated that you did not want to marry Denine. Mr. Fredericks suggested to you that if he had those diamonds, he could make you his wife. A moment later the diamonds were stolen.' I paused for effect, but she only stared at me with wide-open, frightened blue eyes. I went on. That was at 2.40 in the morning. You drove home, leaving the Maples at, say, 2.42, before the theft was generally known. But two minutes after it was committed, you reached your destination at 2.57, for the drive is the longest way. Shall I tell you what you did next, Miss Bladesdell? Her pale lips moved, but she uttered never a sound well i pursued next you went to your room and the other women to theirs but you did not stay there instead within a minute you came out again went through this hole in the hedge ran through the darkness along this very path and at nine minutes after three you were standing beneath the very window of the room in the maples where a moment later the throat of the man you were engaged to marry the man you hated evelyn bladesdell was cut from ear to ear scarcely were the words out of my mouth that she tottered forward and flung her strong arms, turned weak and puerile now, about my recoiling shoulders. Oh, you don't believe it! You don't believe it, Miss Baird, she sobbed. Larry would never, never do it in the world. And the only reason he hasn't told where he really was when he went out that time was to shield me. Was it a confession? The girl's speech seemed hopelessly confused at first, and I could only cease to struggle, could in fact only stupidly echo her. To shield you? Yes, to shield poor, worthless me, for I saw at the last, all of a sudden, that I couldn't marry Jim, and I ran back to tell Larry that I wouldn't, that he should take me then, just as I was, run away with me, and I called to him, and he climbed down, and took me back home, and we were to go next day. End of chapter 21